Hey guys, it's Evan from Empire State Conservatives Podcast. Just reminding you to check us out on Instagram at GetRedPillNY, on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, and on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overwatch at Empire State Conservatives Podcast. And make sure you check out our store for all snowflake melting merch at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash store. Enjoy this episode. everybody. I'm your host, George Santos, and we're back with Talking GOP. This week, we're going to be hosting, we're going to be hosting here two very special people. One, a candidate for Queensborough president in the special election, and two, a young Republican that's fighting to keep the Republican Party alive and growing and bringing people in. Let's not forget, not too long ago, in late 2019, the House chose to impeach a duly elected president for no crimes, just because they hurt, they, their feelings were hurt. Let's remember, we need to waken the beast in the country and bring out people to realization that the Democrats are out for us and they want to take all of our liberties away. So let's get this show started. And sitting here with us now is Evan Ross from Empire State Conservatives. Evan, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, that's great. I love your t-shirt. Oh, it's, thank uh, you. I made it myself. Yeah, don't let fear take your freedom. That is our slogan. And is that a AR-15? That is, it self-identifies as a non-assault rifle, but yes, it is an AR-15. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty insulting here in New York City. <laughs> New York City has been pretty insulting to our liberties. As yeah, it is, so. yeah, I agree. Well, anyway, Evan, um, I, I really like the shirt. Um, does that come in a triple XL? <laughs> make it for you. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But Evan, tell us a little bit about the Empire State Conservatives. How did it come about, um, and 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 what's it about? Right, so, right about just before the midterm elections last year, I got together with a few people, and we were kind of looking at the state of New York, and just like. What is really going on here? We have so many people here who are making so much money, who are doing so much for this country. We're getting taxed to death. You know, they're taking away our rights. And what can we do to help? And we're like, if we're thinking this way, there has to be other people. And that's kind of where we came up with the idea to start a podcast, start a Facebook group, and kind of let people know, like, hey, there are people out there who, who think the way that you think. Because what we've heard for years is, there are no Republicans in New York. There are no conservatives in New York. It's a blue state, it's a blue state, it's a blue state. And it's not true. Up until the last midterm elections, the state was mostly red. The state legislature was run by Republicans for decades. And then it switched. So we realized there's a lot of voter apathy, and we realized if you stand up and show people, hey, you have allies here, you can stand up and be heard, then they will stand up and they will go out, they will vote. So that was our goal, to kind of just take back the things that we've lost in this state, where, you know, we want to 
elect people who have real conservative values, who have real American values. It's about the Constitution. It's about personal liberty as opposed to the government being your parent. And that's really what we're trying to wake people up to. Right now, our biggest thing, it was free speech censorship, but we've been very heavily censored on most social media. So <laughs> that, that's, still, that's still there. But right now, we're working more to kind of move in terms of the Second Amendment. As you see in Virginia, they're, they're having constitutional sanctuaries for the Second Amendment. That's our next goal. Our next goal is to move to get that in New York so that we can take our personal liberties back. Because it's our rights are given to us not by the government, but by our creator. As human beings, we have the right to defend ourselves and defend our property. And the government is not allowed to take that away, and that's exactly what they've done. Wow. And, and, and that's, uh, that's very powerful. Um, wow. So let's, let's, let's hypothetically go into this. So with, with the sanctuary of the Second Amendment, uh, Virginia is pushing that, correct? Yes, yeah, so Virginia has had something like over 80 counties that have voted to become sanctuary counties. For gun for the rights. Sec, yes, for, for the, the gun Second rights. Amendment, right. Can you foresee that actually becoming a thing in a state like New York, California? California, I don't know. But New York, if we are able to mobilize enough people, enough people stand up and say this is what we want, then it can happen. If you have a state like Virginia, which is all blue legislature now, it's completely blue. And they, most of their counties are now sanctuary counties for the Second Amendment. You have to go to the local, the local government. You have to get them to stand up for your rights. That's their job. They are your, our elected officials. Their job is to represent us. It's not to protect the government. It's not to protect anyone but the people that they are elected to protect. And they swore an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. And they're not doing it right now. So we really do need to stand up and tell them, hey, this is what we want. This is how we're going to make it happen. Because if you look at Western New York, there's a, there's a uh, company called 2AWNY. And they've been working to fight the SAFE Act in Western New York which is Buffalo and all that yep. area over there. and they've it's been Chris Collins. Right. They've been very, very successful. They're actually the ones who are bringing up um, the Libertarian Party of Erie County versus, I think it's Andrew Cuomo, to combat the state, the state yes, back. I yes, I saw that too. So yeah. they're the ones that brought that up. So it can be done. But what we really need is we need people to stand up. We need people to call their representatives. But we also need assistance from law enforcement to say, hey, we're not going to enforce unconstitutional laws. Because we took the same oath. We took the oath to defend the Constitution. The Second Amendment to the Constitution says the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. So what are they doing if they're enforcing unconstitutional gun laws? They are violating their oath, and that's what we wanted. We need their support in order to really make this happen. And that's an argument that's gone all the way to Washington. I mean, I've, I've been speaking to congressional candidates such as myself um, throughout the, the campaign trail and also here on the show. Um, and it's funny how they speak wildly on our oath to office however I I just don't know if they're where they're being sworn in because it's definitely not the same Constitution <laughs> as we all have um, it's actually borderline offensive to see the things that are said by Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi or even Andrew Cuomo the governor of New York State now for the SAFE Act I, I let you take that can you just for the people at home give them a, a, a quick synopsis of what the SAFE Act is and how bad does it impact um, um, our constitutional rights. Yeah, so the SAFE Act was designed to be this massive gun control bill that was going to clean up New York State and prevent mass shootings and all these other things. All these things which we don't have. 
I like to think it's because we're New Yorkers. If I have a problem with you, I'm not going to go shoot up a school. I'm going to go find you on the playground, and we're going we're gonna to work it out with our fists. Absolutely. That's what we do here in New York. But it came as this whole thing like we're going to make everyone safe. But it has had no impact on violent crime. All it has done is take away rights. And the, gun, the bill doesn't even make any sense. So the bill is designed to prevent assault weapons from being in civilian hands. First off, that's a giant, you know, red flag in terms of the Second Amendment because the Second Amendment is designed so that you and I, if need be, could defend ourselves against a tyrannical government. That is the point of the Second Amendment. And we're almost there. Right. The founders had just finished (laughs) beating up on the biggest empire in the world, and they understood that if the people are not armed, they can't protect their liberties. Because remember, our liberties are, again, not given to us by the government. They're given to us as human beings. Yes. And people always forget that. And it's seen, you can see it just in terms of illegal immigration. You have these people come in. They get a hearing. They get a trial because they have the right to a trial. They are human beings, regardless of whether or not you're a U.S. citizen. You have rights because you're a human. So the SAFE Act, it has all these nonsense where you can't have um, an adjustable stock, you can't have a gun that weighs more than a certain amount because that makes it an assault weapon. If you have a um, semi-automatic shotgun, it can't hold more than two rounds at a time. It's a whole bunch of nonsense. It's all this stuff that's, it's all buzzwords. So if you watch the, all these videos online of like um, representatives saying ridiculous things about guns, and they'll ask them, what's a barrel shroud? And like, I don't know, I think it's the thing that goes up. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what, are you, what is she even talking about? And it's like, this is a ghost gun. It holds, it holds 330 magazine <laughs> clips and can shoot 1,000 rounds in a second. It's like, what are you talking like, it, it's, it's all nonsense. It's all emotional manipulation. It's designed to be one of those things where it's- mongering. Yeah. Traditional fear mongering. Yeah, look what I did. I made you all safer. It's the same thing. If you look at um, our, our texting laws. Yeah. So the VTL, if you look into the VTL, there are five laws that govern texting while driving. You have use of electronic device, you have, um, which covers all of them, and you have a separate one for texting. So you already have use of electronic device, which covers cell phones, GPSs, and everything else, but then you also have a one for texting. And if you ask almost any cop, unless you are sitting at the light like this, they can't tell if you're texting. So they're not going to write you for texting. They're going to write you for use of electronic device. So it's the same thing. You have I experienced u- that recently. Right. So you have, u- <laughs> you have useless politicians pushing through useless legislation that all it ends up doing is impacting our rights as people and doesn't actually do anything to make us safer. How did you guys come about? I mean, I know it was after the midterm election and you just gave us why and whatnot, but uh, what's, what's the plan? What are we going to push forward going into 2020 when candidates like myself or many other congressional candidates, which you happen to just share with me, you live in my district, so uh, that's <laughs> one vote, ladies and gentlemen, I guaranteed here. Um, what's what's going to be the message? You guys have somewhat about over 10,000 followers on Facebook, and right. that's with shadow banning. Yes. So that's impressive. Thank you. <laughs> what's the plan moving forward for 2020? How are you going to help bring conservatism to the light for youth? There's a lot of people turning 18 next year. Um, even this year, we just had a, obviously every year. Um, but what, what's going to be your message to that? Because you resonate with a younger crowd, as do I. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I'm curious to know what's the message. So the message is that the Democratic Party has left the American dream in the dust. 
the American dream used to be you come here, you work hard, you can build a family, you can build a life, and we're going to protect you. We're going to let you be, live your life. And the Democrats have moved to a point where it's not, we're going to let you live your life. It's, we're going to tell you how to live your life. And for us, that's completely unacceptable. The biggest thing that we need people to realize is that conservatism is not, it has many different facets to it. So people hear conservative and they think, oh, religious conservative. But that's just one facet of it. The main po point of conservatism is preserving the Constitution and preserving our rights, something that we've not done a great job of. But we are stepping up now and we are fighting back. But that's what happens is you get lazy and then they step on your rights and you have to rise up. We have to do a little, you know, thing. And then we get some of our rights back and then they try to take them again and we come back. But the main thing is we are here if you go out and you do vote for true conservative candidates, not people who are pretending to be Republicans just so they can be elected, people who really have your best interests as an American at heart, if you go out and you vote for those people, they will work for you. Well, absolutely, right? Um, to, to, to add to what you said, I'm always thinking that we're always, uh, we're always one right, we're always losing a right on a daily basis. I watched a lecture by Chrisanne Hall. She's a constitutionalist and she can tear it down to the atom and explain it to you like you're a two-year-old and believe it or not, sometimes I need that kind of explanation. <laughs> especially the Constitution, which I personally find to be a very elaborate and, and, and quite obsessively formal language that was used to write it. And, and, and I have a college education. <laughs> Sometimes I look at it and I'm trying to interpret it the best way possible. But if you're not in that mindset, you, you, you know, you have to have guidance. And, and I used her guidance and her point of view. I picked up her book. And it's helped a lot for me to g gain clarity. At 30 years old, I'm, I'm humble to say that now I know the Constitution a lot better than I did growing up and going to school and having a history teacher teach it to me. It, it, it was taught over her perspective. Now I have my own genuine perspective of what certain things in the Constitution means. And I think it's, it's, it's up to guys like us because, you know, younger people will still resonate to us when we're in our 30s, late 20s. But the moment we hit 40s, they just don't talk to us anymore. I mean, look at what some younger folks call people in their 50s. Call them boomers. Yeah, as mean, if that was an offensive term. It's bad <laughs> enough that we're millennials. I mean, come on, we got a better <laughs> reputation already. You know, to see people saying boomer, I, 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 I don't understand what makes them think that that's offensive. I find it offensive that they're using it as an offensive term, but it's really not. I mean, I ha we have friends in common uh, um, that, that one of them particularly says, yeah, you're right, that's a fact. I mean, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Keep throwing facts at me and I have no problem with it's you. It's like when, when one of the kids at the school I work at, he goes, you're white. I go, yes, I am, congratulations, I'm, you can see. <laughs> you can <laughs> see. Like, it's not offensive. And you are not colorblind. <laughs> Good, I just diagnosed you. So yeah, and, and, and going into 2020, we're gonna see a lot of this race card being played. So. God forbid you run for office. I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm running for office and I've been labeled white and that I am in line with the white hate group. And I said, wow, 
wow, I come from a very mixed biracial background and to be labeled white is something that I was not expecting. <laughs> um, and, and, and who cares if I were white, right? It's, it's become so asinine the, the way that the race card is being used. Mm -hmm. 2020 is going to be probably the biggest year in the history of U.S. politics. The Democrats are trying very hard to push for, and it's not all Democrats. I, I want to take that statement back. The progressive socialist Democrats, because that is very different than your common right of center or left of center or center Democrats like Tulsi Gabbard. Right. You know, although I wish being the only presidential hopeful that had a vote on impeachment, I wish she would have been more clear instead of abstaining and voting present and said nay. I know she doesn't agree. She, she believes the president should be censored, not impeached. And I, I, I thank her in a sense, but don't be fooled, people, that she's our friend. If no. you look into her, 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 her legislative pr proposal, it is the furthest thing from conservative. Yeah, I made the, I made the mistake of calling her a moderate, and I, I had to clarify that it was compared <laughs> to the lunatics yes. that she's on the stage with. Yes. She's a moderate. Oh, yeah. But she's a socialized medicine person. She has all this other stuff. It's, she's, she's no friend to the conservative Americans. If, only, if anything, only in the fact that she's pro-military. But that's a given. She's in the military. Yeah, she's so. a weekend warrior. Not to diminish that. But, Not to diminish but that. But it does give you a different perspective. And I talk with it, um, my co-host on the show about this, is that you don't see everything else that the people serving are seeing. You're still living that civilian life. And you're kind of going in and you're doing your thing, which yep. is helpful. But you're living that civilian life. So you're not going to the VA you know, for health care because no. you don't have to. You're going to your regular doctor. So when you vote for socialized medicine. Because your job provides right. that. Right. <laughs> so you're going, you're not going to the VA. You're yeah. not seeing what government-run health care is. And it's the worst health care in the country giving to, given to the people who should be getting the best health care in the country. And that's my argument always when I talk on, on veteran affairs, right? If you... Uh, I'm going to plug my website here, devoldersantosforcongress.com. Uh, and you look at my um, veteran section there, it is very comprehensive. I think that the VA system is an absolute disgrace to the people of this country. Actually, the people who are right now putting their lives on the line so we could be here having this little conversation, exactly. you know, very safe in our very safe studio. <laughs> so um, it, it's, very, it, it's very insulting to see that they come back and they get everything but a red carpet. I believe they should have a red carpet to health care. And, and I'm not saying this is entitlement, but I'm just saying it's earned. Yeah. I, I wasn't there. <laughs> right. If, if you spend two years of your life on the other side of the world hunting down Americans' enemies, why do you deserve anything but gold star treatment when you come home? Yeah, I agree. I think you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. And then when you have the governor giving free college education to illegal immigrants, but denying it to gold star families, people who have lost loved ones fighting for this country, it's disgraceful. It's disgusting. It's and everyone I talk to agrees, but they still won't break that chain of voting Democrat because they can't get it through their head that the Democrats are not the good guys. They are the big government. They are the ones who want to tell you how to live your life. They want to take your money and they want to give it to people who aren't putting in their fair share. Why should we put in our fair share for people who aren't trying to contribute? 
not only not trying to contribute, they not only do not contribute, but they take, take, exactly. take, 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 and give very little back. I mean, we can go on and on with this on, on Democrats, but let's not give them more enough broadcasting okay. time. Let's talk about <laughs> good stuff. Let's talk about the good people in yeah. life. Um, so what really, um, were you always a Republican, Evan? No, so I wasn't really into politics. Really? Up. No, not at all, actually. Um, <laughs> I had it's really hard yeah, to believe. Absolutely nothing. And... Um, I started when I went to I went to SUNY Cortland for a year and my first class that I walked into this hippy dippy teacher walks in and she's like this class is on well I can't do a German accent so imagine I'm speaking in a very thick German accent um, you know this class is about racism and prejudice and the first thing you all need to understand is that white men are responsible for all issues that have happened in society and I'm just sitting there like what I says did, the I, white woman? I was like, I didn't do anything. I'm like, your father probably murdered my grandma, my family in the Holocaust. Like, what are you doing? I didn't do anything. Come on. And that was kind of like that first wake. We are up. not a PC show. <laughs> <laughs> no PC here. That's a good point, though. Yeah. That was like my first kind of wake up. Like, wait, hold on. This who's supposed to be educating me? And it kind of I had little wake ups throughout my you know my early 20s where I'd see like they'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know. Vote Democrat, they're going to give you a tax cut. And then they'd be like, the old taxes just went up again. It's like, well, what are we voting for these people? So did you vote Democrat? I didn't vote. A lot of times I didn't vote. But did you ever vote Democrat? Yeah, I voted Democrat. I'm, not, was... I'm, I'm a little ashamed of it. <laughs> I didn't know any better. What was like your... most people who vote Democrat, I didn't know any better. <laughs> what was your most notable vote for a Democrat for? Who was it for? Anything off the top of your mind? I voted for Schumer. I probably ended up voting for Schumer. I don't think I voted in a presidential presidential election until 2016. Really? Yeah. So that was the first time you voted for president. Because it was, I mean, it was New York, and I believe the lies too. I believe the lies that it didn't matter about my vote because the Democrats going to win the state anyway. It's mm. interesting. Although um, President Reagan won it, that's true, and President Bush Senior came very close to winning. He lost it by a percent. And if we had an electoral college in this state, President Trump would have won it. Yep, pretty much. But. Yeah, you get what you get. <laughs> yeah, you get what you get. New York State's a, a mess. Yeah. But I, I, I see that, that narrative you just said. The white man's responsible for everything. Uh, little quick snippet here, not trying to claim Jewish heritage or anything, but my family is actually, uh, my, my, my mother's father was Ukrainian. And uh, I'm sorry, my mother's father's, my mother's grandfather was Ukrainian, had his kids in Ukraine, my grandfather grew up Jewish. My grandfather, during the Soviet issues, escaped to Belgium. and then That was a good move. It was a great move. <laughs> <laughs> Met my grandmother, married, and crazy enough, the Nazis became a thing. Oh, of course. <laughs> and that's when he said, oh, my God, this is all over again. Yep. They converted to Catholicism, had their kids raise them Catholic, uh, and I, I'm Catholic, but that's pretty much little history of my, my family into Judaism, when, when, which I believe we're all Jewish at the end because Jesus Christ is Jewish. And yeah. if you believe in Jesus and we're all brothers in Christ, I mean, not, I don't want to get too religious here, but how does religion play into politics for you? So a big part of it, it didn't really until the socialists started taking charge of the Democratic Party. Because it reminds us of... It's exactly what Hitler did. Exactly. It's, there you go. They, but Another, they flipped the script right. saying that Trump's Hitler. Right, but, but, but that's what they do. That, that's the Democratic playbook. It's, I did something, I'm going to point the finger at you. And that's straight out of the Soviet playbook. That's what you do. Whatever you've done wrong, you can point the finger now at someone else and blame them because you know exactly how it was done. 
So if I'm going to blame you for something that I did, I know every step that I took to do this, so I can blame you and just say that you did it. Yep, that's, it's genius. you got to give it to, to them. To call President Trump a Nazi when he is the most pro-Israel president, pro-Jewish president we've ever had, is insane. It is. And to just label someone Hitler because you don't like them with zero evidence is nuts. To someone who's a capitalist. impeached him with zero evidence. evidence. Well, they didn't charge him with a crime. Ruth so. Bader Ginsburg said it was a complete, quote, BS She's impeachment. still alive? Well, <laughs> she's giving <laughs> statements out. She gave a statement out um, around mid-December uh, on this, and it was along the lines of the impeachment was a sham. It was politically motivated. And had this hit my courtroom, I would have tossed it in the garbage and I would have ripped the prosecutors. You know what? Yeah. You can finish that sentence yeah, exactly. in your mind. <laughs> and, and she said, this is a sham. This is BS. I don't like him. I don't agree to him. But he has done nothing impeachable. Or at least the Democrats failed to produce evidence of that. So I think when you're getting probably the most liberal justice, uh, second to um, what's the justice's name? The... the Sotomayor. Sotomayor. Well, she's second to Sotomayor uh, on liberalism. Uh, to say something like that, that speaks volumes. I, I, I don't blame Nancy Pelosi for withholding, as long as she's withholding, the articles being sent to the Senate for a fair trial. I mean, to be fair, Pelosi probably misplaced them. She's been a little out. <laughs> Aren't they all misplacing everything, like uh, their brain? Speaker Pelosi, can you please send the articles? Yeah, um, I'm holding them for a while. Where are they? <laughs> Someone find the articles of impeachment. We have to send them over. No, we're holding them. Don't worry. Yeah. We have a strategy. That's the original copy. I didn't make copies. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking, speaking on, on 2020, yeah. let's, let's do a, a few predictions here. Any races that you can definitely call that are going to flip red, and any races that you say, you know, I'd love to see it, but it's not going to happen. I mean, honestly, I'd love to see any any state legislator in New York, the state assembly, we need to take back. Um, I think it's easier to take the Senate in New York, though. It really is. So taking back the state Senate is probably our best bet. And you see people more motivated on presidential election years. And if you if you look at the um, Track record. Yeah, the track History. record of off year. So if you look at the um, Obama lost seats during his midterms, Clinton lost seats. They've all they all presidents lose seats during the midterms. Obama lost the House and the Senate. Yeah, that's a whole he lost a lot. Story. <laughs> but you and go, it kept it that way too for the remainder of his entire six years in office. I mean, it's probably best for the country. <laughs> it that was that best. Happened. Oh, thank God it was. <laughs> yeah, we had that the other day. Um, my co-host was like. Barack Obama, who was the 44th president, I'm like, yes, that is a fact. He was the 44th president of the United States. Yes. Let's leave it at that. We don't need to bring him back up. <laughs> but if, you know, we have a better chance of taking back the state assembly, taking back the state senate, taking back the state government, that is probably our best bet. But what we really need to do, in terms of New York, that's really what we should be focused on. Um, we've seen Nassau County, a few towns are flipping. So we are moving in that direction. People are getting motivated because the presidential election is coming out. Everyone remembers, oh, yeah, I can vote. Let me go do that. Um, I would love to see us get the House back. I think it's very much attainable. But the biggest thing I would love to see is AOC gone. So I never have to see that woman's face ever again. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't blame you. I'm right there with you. But we're running up on time. As yeah. usual, TV time is conversation's good it yeah. really runs but we'll have you back on again and I, i'd like to thank you and congratulate you for all the work you're doing it's 
it's not easy to be shadow banned and still have that much following. Oh, so God, that's terrible. Yeah, we'll, we'll have something get a thousand likes and then the next thing reaches fifty people. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's obvious. Like, to at least be sneaky about it. Like. Pretty much. But thank you very much for joining us. Thank Evan. you for It was a pleasure. Um, everybody at home, it's uh, uh, it's 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 something very interesting to have young guys like this doing this. But coming up next, uh, we're be we're going to be interviewing John Cummings, running for AOC seat in New York's. 14th District. I'll be right back with you guys.